Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from Being Sports and Sirius XMFC. And you are listening to Barca Talk. Today on Barca Talk, FC Barcelona succumbed to a 10-man Osasuna team while Real Madrid won their 10th game in a row, capturing their 34th La Liga title. Messi had some harsh post-game comments while Kike Setien's future continues to be uncertain. The 2019-2020 campaign was turbulent, and we summarize a season that may yield no trophies for the first time in 12 years. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk. I am Brian Henderson coming to you from Buffalo, New York. Joining me, as always, from Madrid is Gabriel Queiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother, man. Long time, no see. Just like old times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like old times. I'm back for the second time in not too long to, yeah, uh, yeah. for us to discuss. And I think this is the perfect time for us to do it. This is our, um, it's not our last episode of the season entirely, but it's our last episode concerning La Liga. Because that ship has sailed. We're not even going <laughs> to cover the game against all of us we're recording this before the all of us game yeah it's you know it, it's essentially not entirely meaningless but like 95 percent meaningless yeah i would say 99 percent meaningless i mean i i we were talking before who's gonna start for this game i mean i would just roll out the b team i'm not even really gonna watch the game i think thursday's night game you know really put me in a bad mood about the rest of this team in the champions league coming up but man it's 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 a sad state of situation here in Barcelona and Madrid and Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, before we recorded, we we talked about how we wanted to start the episode off <laughs> on a lighter upbeat note and we've already failed. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump let's, on. let's do yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's get into that. lighter things. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to we're going to summarize ultimately the uh, the whole season La Liga campaign uh later on, but for right now just to keep it light and uh, talk about funner things. Uh, <laughs> we already have new jerseys for next year unveiled. I can't imagine that the timing of that wasn't uh, accidental. Yeah, of course. I think two things from this. I really do like the new jerseys. I like the color. I like the intricate kind of details in the shoulders and those, you know, I'm a, I like more retro uniforms. I, I usually don't get new uniforms, but this is a uniform I definitely would get, I think. But the other thing that I thought was really funny was the yearbook pictures that accompanied the uniform unveil. I don't know if you saw this. I with, did not see that. No. With Griezmann, Busquets, Messi. You know, they basically had a professional photo shoot. But the best one was Griezmann, Busquets. It looked like their yearbook photo because the way they were posed looking up, kind of <laughs> just thinking about, you know, homecoming. It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty funny. Busquets had the best picture because he just looked surprised. That he was like, being the picture taken of him. 
I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> that was shared in uh, one of our WhatsApp yeah, groups yeah. Uh, with I, Victor from Houston Kool-Aid. Yeah, but yeah, also that one, what, what was his quote, I wonder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sergio Busquets, senior quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some some crazy rock lyric, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, Don't and let also, the sun go down on me. There you go. There you go. And also like Griezmann's flowing hair, like he didn't have it in a ponytail so it just looked you know retro and it just looked funny but again like you said the other thing too with these unveiling of the uniforms is that nike had an issue before with previous uniform that they were going to unveil so there was a big debacle and they got it right now with the order and the production of the new uniforms but again uh i know cole is a big jersey fanatic i wonder what he likes about this but for the most part everyone is pretty happy with this new design yeah, because it's it's a it's a very traditional design in a lot of ways. It's just vertical stripes, blue in the center, flanked by by two red on either side, and then of course it just goes around like that. But the way that they've spaced out the stripes, it's you know it's traditional, it's old school. And there's I one little detail that I really like about it is the um, just a little border of yellow in between the blue and the red. It's just a nice little touch. Yeah, I think they did a really good job. I mean, like I said, they look clean. Uh, again, I like the shorts as well, the way it matches with the I, – I love the Nike swoosh on it too. I just – for something that – I don't know. For me, I just love the Nike uniforms. I just think they just look always look pretty clean. And again, just with the patches and the scudo on it, it just it just looks tight. I like it Oh, a lot. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the stripey socks. Yeah. And uh, everything. Yeah, the, the swoosh is such a great uh, – such a great image. Yeah, for sure. And it just lived on for centuries. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we were lucky enough. One of our listeners, Adrian, who lives in Barcelona, sent us these photos that he went to the Camp Nou and actually took pictures for us. And they're just really good because you can really see the detail really up close of, you know, each part of the jersey. So it's really cool. I mean, again, the Ansu Fati jersey just looks really awesome, too. The number 31 looks nice. Yeah. And so that when you see that, you you think, OK, so this isn't a... Um... This season where Fatih got essentially joined in the first team, he's not going to be sent back, loaned out, probably. He's going to keep that number 31. He's going to remain on the first squad. Uh, I mean, you never know what might actually happen. But if we were to take a a New Jersey release as an indication, Fatih is going to be with the first team next season. Exactly. I mean, for example, you didn't see Artur in the jersey unveil, you know. No. <laughs> well, you also didn't see Pjanic. Exactly. You did not see Pjanic. I mean, this was taken, you know, a couple of weeks ago, obviously. But yeah, usually when you highlight these players, these are players that are for the season upcoming. And obviously, obviously, it's in their best interest to keep Ansu Fati, not only for payroll reasons, but also the talent and his age. And obviously, since we're limited for transfer movement. So uh, they're going to be raising some funds through these New Jersey sales and you know, that is what this board is all about. But speaking of fundraising, we need to talk about our own fundraising with Patreon funding. Gabriel, would you would you mind? Of course, you know, uh, we've been pushing for this. We're still trying to, you know, hit our fundraising goals. But again, if you live outside of Spain and you want to receive daily content about FC Barcelona, you should definitely join our Patreon community. Brian, did you know our rival podcast, Managing Madrid, has more than 700 patrons and they're not even based in Spain? Yeah, which is yeah, I did know that it's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's a real disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, if you become a patron, you'll receive daily mini pod from me, basically giving you the news 
of the day from uh, Spain about FC Barcelona. You also get Mariano's videos from Barcelona. You'll get a commercial free feed and obviously discounts in our Barca Talk store. So consider becoming a patron so that we can continue creating Barca content. Click on the link in the show notes. And more importantly, don't let Real Madrid win. Yeah, well, we've already let them win this year. <laughs> we, we can do what we can on this side of things. And, you know, we've for the last year, we've really been sort of struggling with how we balance what is free to the public and what our Patreon members get. And I think at this point, what's happening is a, a really nice balance. We're putting good content out to the public for free at the same time asking for your support through Patreon and I think offering a good commensurate amount of members only content on there with uh, the videos from Mariana and Barcelona, which are really coming along. They're doing, they're doing very well. Your daily mini pod, very good stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just the fact that you guys are both in Spain is a big selling point, but I think we've finally found the right kind of balance there. <laughs> For sure. For sure. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. We want to really sell the point that we're in Spain, getting the news here first. And, you know, obviously, since we both speak Spanish and understand what's going on, we can translate that. And that's usually kind of what I do on the mini pod as well. Like, for example, the other day, I basically translated the press conference of Setien's press conference before the Osasuna game and just highlighted the main important points. And I was able to watch it live, transcribe it and then just talk about it on the mini pod. So great for you having you in Madrid there. So let's uh, just take a short break. And then we'll get into the uh, the not-so-happy news. From the joy of a New Jersey to the agony of defeat, let's sort of summarize this uh, this season, beginning with the more recent uh, happenings. Uh, we it, it, it seems that Setien is going to remain the manager for Barca for the Champions League. Uh, is is this still up in the air for next season or do we know where where he's going to be at next season we or do we only know that he's he's still going to be here next month yeah exactly i mean bartomeo met with him yesterday that was the big news here in spain and as of right now on saturday we're recording he will be the coach for the champions league run and after that we don't know so just like you said after next month it's it's up in the air and there's basically two schools of thought if setien gets replaced Garcia Pimenta will be the coach because there's really no other alternative that you can bring in that quick. But I honestly think that Setien will stay because just logistically it's just the best thing. And you just kind of ride this out for this quote unquote end of the season. But again, uh, like you said, who knows what happens because as we've seen this board, their planning ability is awful. Yeah. They're very erratic. You just never know what, what this board might do as far as, as far as that goes. And I heard, uh, when I was watching Thursday's game against Osasuna, Phil Shane, BN Sports, uh, mentioned that apparently the club has tapped Xavi again, or maybe he's just continuing the same narrative from the period when Valverde was replaced, but suggesting that uh, Xavi has already signed on to manage another season at Al Saad, so he's definitely out. Uh, the other name that has come up a lot uh, was Ronald Koeman, and he's committed himself to the Dutch national team through the Euro championship, which now has been put off. So he's not available. And of course, you know, my dream scenario is to have Chubby back, but not with this board. In fact, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this board on my least favorite man. <laughs> I'm Mourinho. I feel bad for Etienne. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. He has to deal with this board. 
I mean, again, we, you know, going back, he was basically the fifth choice. But like you said, Xavi signed that contract extension, so he's going to wait. And he doesn't trust this board, so he's not going to come with this board. And honestly, there's just really no other coach in there that's making the rumor mill. And, you know, obviously, Garcia Pimenta managing the Barca B team, that could be a good fit. But with this player group and the chaos that is the board, it's just not a good situation for him. I think he should just stay in Barca B and just guide those guys as best as he can. Yeah. And I don't I mean, again, the border in control of this. But as far as we can tell, they're more or less the problem because we clearly have an aging squad, still great players, but there's no real there doesn't seem to be any will to genuinely overhaul the team. I mean, Fatih, that's great. Uh, Ricky Pooch getting more playing time. That's great for the future. Frankie De Jong back from injury. Uh, he's you know starting to look good again. Another young, exciting talent. That's all very positive, but at the same time, you still have these veterans who are there, the starters, when really they probably should be shifting more into a substitution kind of role. Exactly. That's a good point. And, you know, Messi had some harsh comments after the game talking about Setien's performance as a coach since January, Um, you know, just talking about how if this style continues, they'll definitely lose to Napoli. And more importantly, you know, he wants to be part of a winning project. You know, his, his time as an elite player is dwindling, you know, and again, we've wasted basically another season of his talent. They keep using this word and Suarez used this the other day in, a, in an interview after the, the Tuesday match and now Messi. And it's this word in Spanish called autocritica. And it's just like self-criticize yourself. And I don't understand because they keep saying this and PK said it as well. Ter Stegen has said it. At what point do you keep saying autocritica and you don't make a change because right. this is something that's not just from five days ago, 10 days ago, or just the restart. This has been happening since essentially last season before the Liverpool debacle of the performance, the players, the players owning the locker room, this type of attitude. So, you know, it's well endowed that Messi came and made these harsh comments, I think a little too late because I think he needed to be more forceful against the board. But again, this idea of self-criticizing yourself you can say it all along, but if you continue to have these performances, to me, it just it washes over. It, it makes you know, I don't I don't listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole uh, you can't say it and then not do it. Exactly. Well, I mean, you can and people often do. <laughs> but, but, it does, you know, it's it's really just uh, it's just trying to, like, service the press or service the fans without actually uh, making any change. You know, if it were me, I think the hardest truth that some of these veteran players need to to learn and if they're going to be genuinely self-critical they need to accept the fact that they need to invest in the manager and they need to be part of a team and it's weird when you're someone who holds so many trophies you have you hold so much silverware you've received so many accolades and not just messy right individual achievements team achievements you have all that it can be hard to Put yourself, and you're like 30 plus years old. You've been in this game for so long. It can be hard to set your ego aside and essentially put yourself in the position of like a youth player, right? It's very hard to do that. But those are the team players. And frankly, that's like what Osasuna was doing. You know, they, they were listening to their manager like a young player listens to their manager. These guys, they're, you know, they probably feel like they know better. And that's partially why. Setien Valverde didn't really have control of the locker room. That's a great point. I love that. 
that I think is one of the biggest things. It's the investment into the manager. They believe that they know more than the manager. And like you said, Valverde and now Setien, and they just don't trust. And I understand that maybe, you know, like you said, they have all these individual accolades, these team accolades. I get that. But you're not the all knowing, right? You When we talk about just like when you say self-criticize, you also have to listen to third party of the coach from a different point of view, seeing your performance. And again, we don't know what kind of evaluation is going behind the scenes. But obviously, we know that the players are just not tapping in into Setien's formula. And now we're seeing the performances. And again, it's like with these matches in La Liga, again, we're going to win seven or eight out of 10 games. But when it comes down to this restart, where it was basically mimicking the Champions League style of one and survive and move on, we again failed again. Yeah, and just giving up so many leads. Uh, one thing that Messi said in his uh, post Osasuna remarks was that it's, you know, I'm paraphrasing, it sure. sucks that it takes the other team getting ahead for us to start playing better. Yeah. And it, and he's absolutely right. This is something we've been saying pretty much all season. Remember, I believe Osasuna beat us already once before yes, this season. Yes, they yes, beat us yeah. twice this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Newly yeah. promoted Osasuna. And honestly, you got to hand it to them. They're doing yeah. a very good job. Again, it goes down to the attitude of the team, right? We go up one nothing, we possess and we don't go for two or we don't go for three. If you go for two or three, you're going to basically probably win more games than that. But we against Valladolid the other night, we go up one nothing and we hold on for dear life defensively when that's not our strongest suit. And again, this is not only with the set team, but this also happened with Valverde, this attitude of being small time in a big club with these players. And again, the unfortunate thing is if we don't continue in Champions League, this will be the first time in 12 years we don't win a trophy. And it's funny because I had to look back and I was like, I thought we were still in Copa del Rey. And I'm like, oh, we lost <laughs> Athletic Bilbao. We're completely out. And with La Liga out, again, it's just this attitude of this malaise that we've always been talking about. And like you said, there are young players that are coming in. Trincao, for example. Uh, we're bringing back Carlos Olenia. But the other thing, too, is who's going to be the coach to really lead this team where – not only lead the team, but the players are going to buy in. And that's the biggest issue because, as we've seen, Setien is not the strongest personality on the bench. And as we talked about when he got hired, we thought we were going to see more free-flowing football for three matches. I don't right. think we scored more than three once. Yeah, I mean, he's had a decent record uh, as far as wins, losses, and draws. But you look at the goal count, you look at the wins, they haven't been especially decisive. Uh, the style hasn't really changed. I mean, he... It seems like he kind of tried at the beginning, but it just fell back into uh, this pretty much the same Barcelona that we saw under Valverde. And that's a, more evidence that whoever the manager is, they aren't really in control. That's a good point. And that's what we were t we've been harping about because we thought that Setien was going to give a jolt to this team and it, it just hasn't happened. And, you know, this goes back to, again, the board, you know, the board not having a plan to sack Valverde in the summertime having a proper coaching search, have that coach go into the preseason and plan the team instead waiting for two bad results, sacking him in the middle of the season, bringing a coach. And obviously we didn't know we were going to have this quarantine pandemic situation that didn't, that didn't help either. But, you know, if you plan this accordingly, hopefully, you know, in the summertime with a new coach, maybe would have yielded a better successful season where the players would have bought in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still really a, a mystery why they didn't replace Valverde over the summer. 
um, or stick with him through this whole season. Yeah. Whenever, no matter what the club is, whenever uh, a manager is replaced midseason, you know that something is not going well in the front office. Definitely. Again, it goes back to their poor planning, you know, really bad signings that we've had the last three years of just overspending with players that have, you know, Griezmann is the only one right now that's contributing. He's hurt now, you know? Yeah. And again, we have this idea of bad transfer policies, you know, selling younger players. And again, not promoting La Masia, as we talked about, you know, when we like, for example, during the Osasuna match on the bench, you know, we had Vidal, Dijon, Suarez, you know, all, you know, Griezmann and Untiti injured. And when Osasuna went up one, nothing, there's just no animation, you know, there's yeah. no team. And I look at that team and I just cannot really connect with any of those players. I mean, maybe Suarez, yes, because he's had such a great history now with Barcelona, but you know, Again, we are every year more and more we're losing the identity of promoting our young players and finding those La Liga talents. Because remember, going for the biggest splash is one thing, but also one of our other things that we used to do too is bring in a a La Liga player that was vital, like Rakitic back in the day, Danny Alves. You know, these weren't the highest priced free agents in world football. We were able to scout La Liga and pick players like that. So again, the board with the social media fiasco, it's just time and time they have one year left and who knows what's going to happen obviously they're going to try to spend as much as they can just to go you know out with a bang for their last season yeah i mean the scouting has really gone downhill under this board in particular and instead they've they've gone more with i mean it's still talented players right Mm -hmm. of course uh dembele dembele was very expensive but he was clearly a great talent I, i don't know what happened with with all of his injury situations. I, I don't, I don't know if anyone could have seen that coming. Yeah. But there was an episode that you and Cole did a number of weeks back during the pandemic, I believe uh, where he had broken down the whole transfer uh, history yeah. over the last, what, four or five years. Yeah. It's under just this board. To, yeah. Just to show how, how kind of disastrous it's been. And I mean, you know, no one's perfect. You can have some, some mistakes you can have some bad buys and ideally you want to balance it out with some good buys but man overall it's just been really really poor (laughs) yeah and it just seems like there's no communication with the coaching staff or the specific style we find these players who don't really fit the style and then we're forced to have them like Vidal or Andres Gomes you know these type Paulinho obviously in the beginning we get these players where they don't they're not ideal Barca players for the style. Right. And then we just get them because, you know, we want to get them and we think they're going to be a good fit for the board. But again, with the scouting, it's just been a debacle year after year. So can anything really improve? Yeah. And I mean, like we said, maybe the only hope now is with the young players that are coming in, like, you know, Trincao and, and Alenia coming in and maybe Puj getting more, you know, more playing time. But again, Brian, I, I just think, you know, really, it's just a really bad mix of you know, grumpy veterans basically set in their ways, you know, don't want to put that effort. I mean, just take, for example, Alba, the disparity that he had this year. I mean, he, I think it's one of his worst years ever. You know, he has lost the speed, but he hasn't been able to find another thing where he can excel at. And especially since he doesn't have the partner up at the top, you can see the attacking ability is lacking. And so he needs to find something else. But also, Brian, we need someone to push him and also rotate. And it goes back to this whole idea, you know, where our players are old. And, yeah, we're going to get some youth here and there. And maybe, you know, if we if we do sign Lataro Martinez. But, again, we're still going to have problems in midfield and defensively going for the next season as well. Yeah. Now, I'm, I have to admit ignorance here. 
uh, what position does Trincao play? Yeah, we'll play like right mid or right wing. So, do you think he's a good right wing? He's good enough. <laughs> you know, he's good enough. I mean, I mean, I think you know. Again, it just really depends on the coach, right? Is the coach going to have enough authority to take a Suarez out or take a Vidal out and put Trincao right and live with that decision if Trincao makes a mistake? You know, that's the thing because you're hoping that with his talent and his speed, that's a little bit better than Vidal's, right? And that's the idea. And so it really comes down to the manager. We can give, I mean, like, for example, I'm excited for Lenny to come back because I think he got a lot more playing time at Betis and I think he's ready to definitely contribute more. But again, is the coach going to have confidence in using the bench? I mean, in the last five years, we have not used the bench wisely. Right, right. One thing that I was thinking about while I was watching the Osasuna game is how we know that Messi is going to go wherever Messi goes. But that means that as as you've it's the drum you've been banging for for years that leaves all of this unutilized space out on the right. And if we have Fati playing, who's a very strong or at least a pretty strong, very promising left wing player. And if the team is going to stick with a four three three with wing players as forwards, wouldn't it be better to seek out a out and out right winger? So that you can really spread things out and then bring Messi into like a like an attacking central midfielder kind of thing. So you have a striker, two wingers, Messi behind them running the whole show. But then you only have sort of two proper midfielders, I guess. I mean, at top, we're a mess because, again, we have Suarez, who's aging or completely out. You know, we have Griezmann, who doesn't fit a 4 3 3. But then you have Ansu Fati, who's a perfect 4-3-3 winger, and so yeah. is Dembele, right? But Dembele's hurt. So, again, you are you have a good observation there of trying to get a winger there. But, again, we if we sign Latoro Martinez, he's not a winger. You know, right. he's just a straightforward. And, again, it's this idea of we're always trying to get the magic player. For example, instead of just scouting a La Liga team, you know, and trying to get another winger in a 4-3-3 system in La Liga that may be – uh, is an above average winger that's not going to cost us so much, but you know will fit the system, and that's usually something we should do. But again, the board has done an awful way of planning. Of they don't, they still don't know what system we want to play because the players don't mix. You know, you have, for example, Dejong who can play a pivot in a four three three. He can play left, but then like if we go to a four four two, where do you put him? Or a four three two one? You know, it's like the players don't all fit, and that's where it comes down to the coaching. And the style of play communicating with the scouting deport department, which I don't believe we do. I wonder at this level of professionalism, are you really just looking for the players who are going to fit into a, a known thing? Or are you actually expecting a coach to coach, to teach, to actually teach their players how to operate in a system that they have partially gotten from history, but they're partially imagining themselves? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Again, with the players that come to Barcelona, ideally you don't have to coach them so much, right? It's just putting them in the best position to succeed. You know, if you're at a team at a lower level, then yes, you have to do more coaching to develop that talent. So hopefully they can perform better. But again, the players that you bring in to this team at Barca, like they, they already have a level of accomplishment, of skill and ability to run with the ball and score and all that stuff. So all they need to do is learn more tactically and play off each other more than anything. So... Again, it goes down to the coaching because is the coach going to have the freedom to run his system and are the players going to buy into that system? Because right now we just have a mishmash of systems, players that don't work together. And everyone always points to the Villarreal match where we had a glimpse of what it could be. 
but we weren't able to duplicate that at all before or after. Yeah, yeah, super inconsistent. I mean, that was the outlier. That was correct. Not, correct. That was not the meme. It was not. It was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, this also reminded me of the uh, the little mini series that we did during the pandemic. Came out in June, just as the league was starting up again on the 2007-2008 season. Yeah, I mean, that was something that led to Pep Guardiola and this whole era that we're essentially coming out of now. And I'm all for keeping Setien all through next season, okay. uh, personally, mainly because I do believe that this board is going to get voted out in the election to come after next season. So I don't see any purpose in them trying to, you know, do some big managerial shift. Uh, we know that they're going to try and, you know, make big splash signings, but that's mostly political or it's for, you know, some kind of a bottom line reason. It's it's not so much for the club. And I don't sure. think that's going to be that focused on winning anything. Uh, so I'm I'm fine with with all of that. But it also makes me think like next year is going to be a rough one for us I mean, fans. It's going to be hard to watch next season. I believe so, too. I think it's going to be harder to watch than it was this season. And this season was really difficult. The hardest thing about this restart was going to be the mentality of our team. And we still are lacking that killer instinct in survive and advance games. And you saw how Real Madrid treated this as a Champions League run. And they were able to win 10 straight, which is pretty remarkable. You know, put aside the VAR controversies that happened with their wins. But 10 in a row, they were just, however they were going to get the three points, they did it. We still cannot do that. And this year, the season before, I mean, every season we failed in Champions League was a, a direct result of this attitude that we continue to think that our style is going to overwin in a surviving and advanced situation. And it has happened, right? 2012 and, you know, all these, you know, the years that we won Champions League. But every other time we've been knocked out is because we did not have that strict mentality. And again, with this restart, we tied two or three, whatever, and we won six. Again, that is what's going to happen in a La Liga season where you're going to win more than 70% of your games, but you have to be mentally tough and we're still lacking. So I think next season is going to be even worse because I think if Setien stays, I think there's going to still be issues with the team rotation and it's going to be even slower than it was this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw your eyes roll <laughs> with the slower because, yeah. you know, I, I always I always think of it as this way. You know, especially, you know, with your artistic background in music and so forth, it's, you know, one of the reasons why we love Barca is the the style, the improvisation that happens, the oh, my gosh, plays. And I can't re maybe the only thing was the Griezmann goal that he had that nice chip in Villarreal. But you take that away and I just can't identify anymore with this team. You know, a perfect example, microcosm of this of the season was the Osasuna match. We had to win one match. We couldn't do it. We had to go for goal. We couldn't do it. Yeah. Messi scores a free kick. He does his little gesture to really symbolize the whole season. Our defense gets caught on two counters, two goals. Done and done, you know? Yeah. And that to me was troubling because again, we're, you know, we're tied one, one with Napoli. Do you, I mean, I honestly, you know, I'm obviously an optimist, a realist, you know? <laughs> so I want them to do well against Napoli, but just watching the run of games lately, I mean, I can see Napoli winning one, nothing and we just get bounced. Yeah. I just really would love to see Setien come into the locker room and kick a chair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Kick a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it's funny because remember when we talked, I remember specifically we talked when he came in, we're like, well, 
he already has white hair. Yeah. <laughs> Can't <laughs> look now, any older. <laughs> and now that hair is whiter. Like, is. He just he just looks like he, every time now he goes in the press conference, he just looks sadder and just completely lost, you know. And also yeah. the other thing, one of our biggest criticisms about Valverde was his attitude on the sideline. And Setien has a worse attitude. And <laughs> I just can't get over of how malaise he is on the – he doesn't talk to the players. He's not animated. And we need someone like a Luis Enrique that's going to fight with these players and challenge them, you know. Yeah. And that's what's really missing. But like you said, I believe Setien is going to stay on for the next season because who you're going to get and also what manager is really going to come in for one year and a board that's going to be leaving – and so forth. So again, it's yeah. it's a mess right now. Obviously, it's really troubling because we want to see this team succeed. More importantly, we want to see Messi get more trophies until he leaves. And the other thing before we end, Man City got that uh, UEFA ruling overturned. And before, you know, people were saying, oh, he can't go to Man City because they don't have Champions League. But now they do. Yeah. And maybe he might want to go there because guess what Man City has? They're fast. They're <laughs> young. And they'll play players against, you know, with him to have a winning project. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take some weeks off, um, but we will be back when the Champions League recommences uh, first up against Napoli. And uh, who knows? That might be the only thing we have to cover <laughs> at that point. Uh, in the yeah. interim, uh, you, Gabriel, you're you're going to continue to be uh, putting content out there, uh, mainly in the Patreon community. But uh, for the most part, the, the podcast will be taking a bit of a break until Champions League uh, starts up. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm going to continue to do like the mini pod probably two or three times a week because there still will be news. I mean, there's always gossip and things going on here in Spain about Barcelona. So we'll keep that up, but it'll just probably be two or three times a week. And then once Champions League, we'll kind of do the podcast again. Uh, and obviously, depending on how far they go, we'll continue to do that and then get ready for the new restart in September. Yeah, Whew. just back yeah. to back. Just back to back. Just like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Barca Talk is a production of Sound Media with social media and promotion by 2.0. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.